Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. We are very excited to be talking to you guys today because as the title of this episode says, we're talking about some coping strategies, dealing with virtual and hybrid and all of the uncertainty and all of the things that we are dealing with. This is very much a right now fall of 2020 episode, but there are definitely times in all parts of the year where uncertainty is a part of it. So I think even if you're listening to this later on down the road, there's still going to be some gems for you in here. But I do have to say, Amanda, that one of my coping strategies is talking to you. (laughs) And I think that's really what this episode is going to deal with. You know, we have some very timely and specific instructional ways to cope with this type of learning, but there's also a lot of like, teacher attitudes, habits, and behaviors that I think will be really just helpful in those other times of uncertainty. And to be completely transparent with you guys, Marie and I had to do a lot of talking ahead of this episode to really kind of get ourselves or get our own attitudes straight to deliver this to you guys. So what we're about to share with you is definitely easier said than done, but we're going to try to be a source of encouragement to you while also keeping it very real because there are things going on that are not okay and we need to cope with it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, here's how to make lemonade out of these lemons. It's like, here's how to take a bite out of lemon and not have your face fall off. Like that's basically (laughs) where we're going with this. It's never going to be, yeah, Yeah. it's never going to be lemonade. It's going to, it's going to be sour, but it doesn't have to kill you. 
So it, it doesn't. And it's a hard place to be in. And I think a lot of you are going to feel the same things that we're feeling. So I say we jump right in and start, uh, start coping. Let's do it. Cue that music. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. So Amanda, I think what we should do is get started by sharing just like real quick, you guys know how long-winded we are, um, what we, like what each of our situations currently is, because who could know what's going to happen in an hour, needless to say, a week from now. Amanda, you want to share where you're at, because your situation just very recently changed as of yesterday. Yeah. So the very brief rundown is this summer, we were told we were going to start hybrid and we were going to go on a three week cycle, um, A, B, and C groups and kids would be coming Monday through Thursday, everyone virtual Friday, and then we would rotate the next week and then rotate the next week. Um, There was a lot of pushback. And so we ended up rolling out the year fully virtual. So we kind of started prepping for this hybrid thing. Then we got to virtual. We were in virtual for about three weeks. And the task force, I believe, is the fun term that they're using to describe themselves. The task force. Yeah, this is is a NASA space launch. Yeah, it's real fancy. Yeah. Um, got together and decided that we were going to reevaluate. So they surveyed the staff and looked at the quote data. And according to the data, it was time to go back to the classroom. So we are now back in the classroom on a hybrid model, but not the one third three groups. We are in a one sixth rotation, which I have heard some people say that their districts are looking at as well. Um, you know, I have conflicting feelings about it. I've spoken up about this in my, you know, my department, my district, and I'm pretty open about it. I don't think this is something that we're supposed to keep a secret, how we're feeling. But essentially the model is that our groups are still ABC, but they've been divided again. So I have A1 coming Monday, Tuesday of week one. Then I have A2 coming Wednesday, Thursday of week one. So that A group is divided in half. So I only see them half the time. So A1 and A2. Then the next week I see B1 and B2. Then the next week I see C1 and C2. And by the way, there's also a group D and group D are all of our um, students who receive some type of service. So IEPs, 504s, ESL, and those kids are always at school or they were offered the opportunity, I should say. They're allowed to be in the, they can get all their services at school. So those kids I see all the time, permanently. Are there any kids who are completely (laughs) virtual who don't come on campus? And that's like a whole separate academy or is that also like a population that you're serving? They're still in my class. (laughs) What? (laughs) So in the midst of, so this is called hybrid, right? So those kids who are in Uh my class, I'm still serving the other 24, 26, whatever majority are still on my computer. So this week I had the pleasure of running a Google meet with 24 students and six of them in front of me breathing. And I'm I'm looking at my computer at 
some faces, some boxes, some squares, some circles. There's people in front of me, and then there's kids talking. I'm like, huh? like, so I'm kind of like classroom. I'm like, shut up, stop talking. I'm, I'm trying to teach the kids at home, but you're here, so you're supposed to be learning better. What's so anyway? Um, it's been crazy because you know our, and we'll talk about this more. The virtual stuff was going really well. We were really hitting a stride. We were really getting the hang of it. Everyone was safe, healthy, um, and learning. Yeah. And it was really nice. And then all of a sudden kind of, um, flipped the flop, uh, pivoted, I guess is the, the really fancy (laughs) other fancy term we're using. And so we'll talk more about like the emotional coping of what that's been, but that's my situation. And I do want to make a note right now. Every, I mean, teaching is political. So I'm not going to say we're not going to get political because this is, uh, this is political. We're a federal institution, like being public school teachers. So I just want to like make that comment. I feel like if you've been listening to us for like a minute, you probably already know like where we stand on most things anyways. Um, But it's not that Amanda and I believe that students should only be at home. Like we'd absolutely cherish the social and emotional learning needs of our students. So like, it's not that we don't think that they should be on campus. It's just that like, our hands are tied in so many ways that it's, we feel like we're not doing anything good for anybody. We're doing very little meh for everybody. Um, so my situation is fully virtual. We started fully virtual after a lot of hemming and hawing about what's it going to be. Is there going to be like a virtual academy where, you know, some teachers and families like students can choose to be only virtual and then the others can be like a hybrid or fully on campus. What's that going to look like? We don't know until we have the numbers. It was this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And we're also a K-12 district that are pretty big. So like, nobody's fault. Everything was changing all summer long. How do you keep track of that? Right. As a parent in the district and an employee of the district, I just, I got so many gray hairs this summer. So we finally, we got to the point where we started fully virtual and we are now in week two and we have a lot of uncertainty in that all of a sudden we're starting to get questions from like our union representatives and from our administration, just kind of like, just wanted to survey what, who would have interest in being on campus with small groups when and if that happens? And then like, just wanted to survey, what do you high school teachers on a quarter system think would be better going back between quarters or going back between terms? And I'm like, there's part of me that's really cynical that's going, um, does it matter what we say or <laughs> the decision's yeah. just yes. going to get made? Yeah. That's the cynic and the cynic's pretty loud because I'm stinking tired. Um, but then there's also like, I mean, I feel like I should answer because if I don't answer these questions and I'm not happy with the end result, I won't really have a leg to stand on. So essentially, we're all virtual until the minute comes that we're not. And that, that is very much, I mean, I, I hear myself, it should be like, Marie, just go with, you're all virtual, just go with it. But like, it's not going to, it's not going to stay. And so I, I feel like I'm doing a lot of work and I don't want to prep for more than a couple days ahead because I don't want to do all this prep and that I don't have a whole lot of time, you know, like I'm a full-time working mom. I don't, I don't have time to be redoing things. So So let's jump in with coping strategy number one, because I'm going to share this with you right now. Thank you. Okay. Okay. This is, is, and this, because I just went through that transition and I resisted it the whole entire way. And here's, here's the strategy. 
everything will be just be virtual. Like you're planning for virtual period. The kids who are in front of you are not receiving special instruction. They're receiving community check-ins with you. Hey, hellos, virtual high fives. Um, you're learning their faces and their names. You're greeting them. Like they're getting that, that face-to-face, I guess the only value of being in the room is just that emotional connection and like you're putting a face to a name, at least for us. I don't have them long enough to really do any content anyway. So, yeah. you know, even our instructional coaches and, and everyone in our building, um, you know, we've really made the, the decision to focus on virtual as like the core backbone of our class because that is the way class will be for many kids who are immunocompromised or who are never going to be back to school, there will always be a virtual component. And so that's really what I'm planning for. I'm planning as if, right, nothing changed. And so I'm doing the exact same lessons. I have not, I mean, a handful of times, like I'll tweak or I'll add if I have time or the energy or the inspiration. Um, But really one, the best way to cope is to do what makes you sane and what makes organizational sense to you to start spreading yourself crazy thin is going to help no one. I told, um, I think I told you Marie this, uh, this morning, but I was telling my other friends, it feels like to me the hybrid, what we're doing is if you were to do it the way that I think it's supposed to be is double the work with half the effectiveness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and well, and you also kind of ask yourself, how's it supposed to be? Like nobody really knows. That's the other thing too, is I get so disgruntled and I'm like, nobody knows what's supposed to be going on. No one's done this before. Like pipe right. down lady. Yes. Um, I'm going to caveat to that because do you, you know, like follow one straight path to make it easier on yourself, but also within that path, find what you're good at and what's easy for you. So like I started, I was like all on the train because our district is going to use Canvas as an LMS. We've had Canvas for a while. Um, We also have access to Google Classroom and to a bunch of different apps, but like kind of those two LMS, like those systems. Um, And because we're so large and because reason, 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 there's kind of a lot of agreement and the district pushed like everybody needs to have canvas as like a hub as a, as a place to start. So I tried to go fully canvas and using assignments and it just got really clunky. It was hard for me to use after a tantrum meltdown before class started on Friday. I went, you know what? I'm going to use Google classroom and I'm going to use it as an inbox and a way to push stuff out to kids and everything else will go on canvas. And it has already saved me hours of my life because I'm good at Google Classroom and I can just link that stuff back to Canvas and it's and the kids learned it real fast because it's intuitive and it's just easier. A hundred percent. So making making it work for you and finding that like backbone that you're gonna ride, like those are the two best things that I mean I've I've done the exact same thing, Marie. And I would say for an example that kind of overlaps these two today, I had a lesson with my AP kids and I kind of do every other day the live meets. And so today was an off day with my AP Lang. So the kids at home had their assignment just kind of shared with them on my website and the kids in front of me we just did the assignment together. The end. Like that was it. There wasn't a separate, there wasn't a separate anything. And we were, we watched a video on AP Classroom and I stopped it. I paused it. We talked about it. And then we did this little practice quiz together that everyone else was doing on their own. So like I was able to give kind of a special 
you know, advantage. I don't want to say advantage. That's not right. But I was able to check in with these guys in this moment in time, you know, on that exercise. And I'll be able to do that with the next crew the next time around. And it, it was a manageable day. Was it awesome and fun and like the height of my educational career? Uh, no, but I am alive (laughs) and I'm okay today. And like I said, this is coping, not, you know, exceeding all expectations and, you know, lobster dinner, which is by the way, what my husband's making for me right now. So I had popcorn for dinner because that's where I'm at. You need to come visit and have some lobster dinner. Apparently I do. Yeah. Apparently I do. Post COVID. Yeah. Is your lobster name (laughs) that show? (laughs) It's also pivot. Yeah. Pivot. Pivot. Okay. That leads me to actually our second coping strategy. And that is to find routine wherever you can, both in your classroom, quote unquote classroom, or actual classroom with a door or, and, or in your own life. Right. So like the things that I have let go of my weekly routines, I am holding on to for dear life. I had stopped doing meal prep for breakfasts and lunches and just planned for dinners and like just kind of went with the flow for the summer. And now that my husband is teaching from home, my son is learning virtually. My four-year-old is running amok and I am teaching virtually. We need structure and I need to be not making breakfast and lunch in the middle of the day, right? Like, so that has been something that is kind of just saving my life and like getting the dish routine back (laughs) to play in our house and getting our cleaning days back. And it sounds so mundane and it absolutely is. But like, I know it's Wednesday right now. I'm going to need to empty the dishwasher when I get home so that tomorrow morning, you know, I mean, it's just... I know the routine. I know when I need to fold my laundry and put it away. And I don't feel like I'm living in chaos. Yeah. And I would say for routines in the classroom, keeping them really simple and like, like structured in place, but also flexible. I know that sounds really contradictory. Um, but you know, for me, a a good example of that would be every week I do something with small groups. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It might change which day of the week because life is crazy. And like, we still do random things on random days that don't make sense. Um, you know, that I can't control. (laughs) Um, but one of my classroom routines is that every week we do a small group book club discussion. And so I know, and the kids can expect that they're going to have that small group interaction. They've learned how to, you know, go into their breakout rooms in Google meet. Like that's really nice. Cause like just the logistics of transitioning, you know, it's so weird because I used to work on like not lining up at the door before the bell. Like that's not what we're working on right now. It's how to get to your meet and you know, how to make sure that you actually make it from our large group to our small group without uh, losing internet connection. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's been really nice for me because like that also helps me with my lesson planning is that I know, okay, if I'm teaching four days a week, one day small groups, done. You know, whatever that activity is, I can figure out later, but I kind of have in my mind a structure. And we talk about this in our curriculum rehab course, just kind of templating out your weeks um, and thinking about the word template is a really helpful way to lesson plan. Cause I think we always feel like we have to have everything down to the teeny tiny detail. Um, But that is definitely right along the same lines as routines. um, Because I think that the more specific your routine for your school reasons, when things change on you, that's just going to piss you off. So keeping yeah. your routines, but keeping them kind of vague 
um, in, in terms of a template will be really helpful. So yeah, and another way to think about this, because I'm doing mine and it seems a lot more structured, but it's loose at the same time. It's just kind of the flip-flop of what you do. Like Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, kids know they're going to be Zooming with me, a Zoom meeting. It might be 10 minutes and then they're going to go independent work. It might be the whole period with small groups, you know, but they know that at least like they're going to have to log on to a Zoom call Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays. Tuesdays and Thursdays is going to be independent work for the most part. And like, I don't really tailor what we're doing each day dependent upon if they have a Zoom call or not, but I could, you know, like it's just, Mm -hmm. I have that structure in place. And then I just kind of go, oh, here's what we need to get done this day. This will work here. This will work here. This will work here. Da, da, da. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of the same template idea. It's just flipped a little bit from the way you yeah. I, and I, and I, when I was virtual and I haven't found my flow yet now being in this, whatever this is right now. Um, but I know when I was virtual, I did a really nice job of even templating out like my, the way I spent my time. Like I knew that my Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays were planning. Like when I had a free hour or a free moment, I was planning. I did no grading on those days because I did all of my grading on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that was something, at least for my own sanity. I didn't feel like I was grading all the time or planning all the time. I had those designated days. And again, like it didn't need to be like a rigid routine. Just I knew that if I was going to do a task in my free time, which day I really wanted to get which thing we call that batching. I was going to say it helps you. Yeah. It helps you segment it in your head. No, I need to get there too. I am wholeheartedly not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a planner. Like I could plan 24 oh, yeah. seven. I oh, love it's the it. Best. And I'm very good at avoiding grading. I mean, I love giving, I know how important feedback is. So don't get me wrong. I, I know that. Um, and I do give lots of it, but the grading part is just, oh my recording, gosh. And the more I plan, the more I assign and the more I, I have to grade. <laughs> it's a and cycle. like recording scores is its own circle of hell. There's just <laughs> so, like, <sighs> and I always Special. get something wrong. Like I always type the wrong number. Anyways, we could so, rewrite the inferno and, and definitely add grading into one of the circles of hell. Absolutely. Or like transferring scores from one thing yeah. to the other. And you're just like, Dante ah. would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <would>. we digress. <laughs> I would say a final strategy that we have are to find, and this is going to sound so hippy dippy and it is find those little moments of joy throughout the day. One moment of joy a day is not enough. Maybe that moment of joy is the dove chocolate that my mom gave me a few minutes ago. Maybe that moment of joy is knowing that you actually are at a point where you can get into bed and open your book. Maybe that moment of joy is just knowing that for 10 minutes between whatever classes or like meetings, you can close your laptop and go for a walk, right? Like find those moments throughout the day where you can have just a little bit of like, that makes you feel like you because I, I'm the person and I, I know Amanda has this tendency too. We will get lost. We will lose ourselves in doing all of these things. And even though we know how not to do that, we know how to stay organized. We know, I mean, we taught a whole course. We have a whole course on how to plan out your whole year so that you don't lose yourself in your work. This is such a new beast and it's hopefully something that we won't be seeing the likes of again. And if we do see something like this pandemic again, we'll know what to do with it because we're doing it now. Um, but to not lose yourself is, I would say, the most important thing because we can't help kids at all if we can't 
help ourselves. I mean, I just had popcorn for dinner. So I'm obviously not practicing what I preach very well just yet. Like I'm having popcorn in a cherry bubbly. I'll get better. Tomorrow will be a better day. <laughs> it I all feel gets good. better with time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I got to spend a little bit of time with my kids this afternoon and I get to talk to you. So like, that's a little bit of joy. Feel like yeah, me. that is a little bit of joy. I, I want to recommend another podcast episode. Actually, um, I listened to my good friend Jennifer Gonzalez. Yes, I call her my friend because yes, we've met and she knows who I am. You guys, she goes by Jen when we talk. Okay, should so, I should I be like friend jealous or <laughs> like how much I, should I read into this? I'm I'm let's be honest, I'm a fan girl and I went up to her at a conference <laughs> and I met her and we've talked and we, we've we've done some stuff you know a couple things back and forth and she's just a, a wonderful person and she cares very deeply about what teachers are going through you know she's not in the classroom right now but she's doing a lot of work on her end to help us um, and so she has an episode it's episode 152 um, she put it out just a couple of weeks ago with um, a, an interview with Dave Stewart Jr. and he talks about this idea of creating moments of genuine connection uh, with students and he always did it you know in person he would actually like record this interaction he had with students like he would use a roster and record okay talked about baseball with so and so um i oh, i thought you meant like film it i was like didn't didn't no oh sorry that. i mean like like a scribe yeah <laughs> like with your sorry. pen or a spreadsheet whatever but like physically keeping track of those moments is really a way like I I've done this a handful of times and it is helping me remember who's who it's helping me like feel like I'm making those connections that I'm so naturally good at in person because I'm telling you even having kids in person a natural moment of connection is not happening the same way it was pre-covid sure staring at these kids who you've already met on the computer in person with a mask on and they kind of just look at you and I'm like, wait, who are you? Because your circle is purple with the letter M. Like, I don't know who you are. So that was a really cool episode that's worth checking out. Um, and I think is something that I'm going to continue to do um, because I think that helps bring with that joy. Because we know that that's, that's the, definitely the baseline, I think, of what we love as teachers are those connections with kids, um, virtually, in person, whatever it may be, and keeping track of that. It's kind of like having that happy box of those cards kids have yes. written you over the years and the random stuff kids, you know, give you that just makes you laugh and remember, oh my gosh, kids are so crazy and I love them. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never been so excited to like interact through email with somebody that's like, <laughs> like, like, like with a kid, you know, asking me a question. I'm like, yeah, I can help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get it? Let me know if, let me know if it works like a psycho yeah. because I'm, I'm like starved for that kind of a connection too. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I like that. I'm going to have to go. I, th I know I've listened to that episode in the past, but I'm going to have to go give that a little re-listen. It's a good one. And, and I, I think like for it. me too, the, the joy for me has been overshadowed lately. Um, and so for my moment of honest transparency, and I'll, I'll kind of leave this here, is I just think it's important to say out loud, like, it's okay to feel what you feel. It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to be outraged. It's okay to be unsure. Um, it's okay to not know what to feel. Um, I think for me, having Marie in my life and a couple of my other friends who are actually not in my district has been really helpful because we're able to just be what we feel like angry. I was angry for a long time. Um, and I think part of the frustrating part is that 
we feel angry or frustrated with a decision and powerless to change it, even if we speak up. And if we speak up, I think a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, I feel like um, that makes me a complainer or that makes me unagreeable, or that means that I don't know how to do what's being asked of me. And none of that's true. Um, Can I figure out hybrid? Of course we freaking can. We're amazing rock star teachers. All of us are. And we're here because we want to do what's best for kids. But that's the bottom line of, I think, where my anger and trying to figure out where that was, is that no one could give me an answer when I asked the question, how is this good for kids? Yeah. Well, and the answer I, was the data says it's time to go back. And that was not an answer that I was okay with. So I'm just trying to work through it, but I'm not also trying to just pretend that there's a silver lining or everything's okay, but I'm still doing my job. So it's kind of complicated, but don't feel like you have to compromise on the feelings that you really have. Well, because it is, it is complicated and toxic positivity is a thing and it doesn't need to be like, I, I let myself get a little... I don't know. I, I have, I've had an edge to me that I, I'm always kind of snarky, but I have had like a mean edge that I've had to quell as much as I can because it's just, you know, you just, you just feel like a live wire, right? Like sometimes I'm not at that point of anger. I'm at a point of utter frustration because I know a decision is coming And I just don't know what that's going to be. Like I just, the fog is in front of me and I am too anxious of a person to be able to deal with that. And I have all the coping strategies in the world for anxiety. And I just have to wake up in the morning and go, yep, it feels like there's an elephant on my chest because there are legitimate reasons to feel like there's an elephant on my chest. Keep going. (laughs) And Maria's been such a good friend because like when I say things like that to her, she doesn't try to fix it. She's like, yeah, that elephant must be pretty effing heavy. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. You know, yeah. I, I have, you know, I have friends who will be like, oh, well, well, why don't you just try this extension? It'll make it all better. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. No, I don't need a new extension on my Chrome tab to make this problem go away. I just want to feel what I feel. <laughs> I just and then move need through you it. to be like, yeah, I know. this is terrible. Well, because I spent a lot of time avoiding and I've learned that like, you just got to go through. Um, And friends listening, we hope you know that we're here for you and that we love getting your emails. We love getting your direct messages on Instagram. Like it, it really does like fill our bucket and we love the connection that so many of you are feeling to this show and to this community that we are building. And so make sure that you head to the show notes because as we hear more and more coping strategies, we will link things and add things and like, it'll be kind of like a growing list. But basically, just kind of recap what we've been talking about. We've got three big strategies for coping with this sheer and utter madness. The first is to be a little bit selfish, which is hard for teachers, and just make it easy for you wherever possible. Like find the path of least resistance and walk it. (laughs) Make it easy for you to be effective for kids and not kill yourself in the process. Our second tip is to find routine wherever you can, however you can, both in the classroom, however that looks, and at home and in your own life. And then find moments of joy every day throughout the day. Those are the little things that are going to keep you going. The things that make you feel like you and make you feel like a person and like you matter because you do matter. Right? 
You absolutely matter. <laughs> and even when you feel like you don't, you have to know that you do. You do. And if you forget that, you send us a message and we'll take care of it. You know, we're not going to patronize you and say, it's going to be fine. But we will also encourage you and say, it will be fine, but it sucks now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with that, friends, we are going to bid you adieu. Thank you for listening today. We hope that we have provided a little bit of levity, maybe just some reality, right? You know that this is happening for us, which means it's happening all over the place. Nobody here is alone in this. It's hard out there right now. Head over to bravenewteaching.com to check out our show notes. Connect with us on Instagram. Don't forget to check out show notes from last week too. We had a great download. Um, if you missed last week, we talked about Hispanic Heritage Month and we have a really cool close reading download that might be helpful for you right now. So go check that out too. This month or this week, we don't have a free download, but um, definitely make sure that you're grabbing those template kinds of stuff and using it in your classroom. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.